Pat, oh gosh, what's on your mind? I guess they put the colorful thing up there since to go off to set the camo. Uh, this, if you put my pie chart up there, please, I'll give you a little basic Christianity. This is, this is who we are. Got the body, and then the soul takes up our mind, emotion, and will, all the things we think about, things that we receive in, in school and education and in our daily interaction. And then we have the spirit. The spirit is where essentially Jesus lives, the Holy Spirit. When we get saved, when we come into relationship with Christ, he kicks out the sinful nature, just boots him right out because we've, we've gotten rid of that, and he fills that part up. And so how did that happen? I'm so glad you asked. And you don't have to go to this part, but this is important, and we don't have a, a verse for the thing. But in Genesis chapter 3, uh, verse 1, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And that's where sin entered into the world. When he said, Did God really say that? What the enemy did, what the devil did, was he didn't say anything bold or outright. He, he simply put the question, he, he made her question the character of God. Since then, right after that, right after they ate the fruit, that God commanded them not to, that part in the middle there that said, spirit, it died. And the enemy took hold in there. That's why... Christians, we don't condemn the world. We're condemned already. If we don't have Jesus, that part is dead. It's condemned. And the only thing that can make that right is when we ask Jesus into our heart. Now, what happens after that is, is we are like stuck. We've got this tiny little seed of Jesus in us. We've got this tiny little seed of the Holy Spirit. And it wants to get through our whole body, mind, soul, spirit. It wants to, it wants to consume all of us. It wants to be all of us. Because that's how we originally were before she got tricked by the enemy. Did he really say that? Does God really mean what he says? Maybe not today. You know, maybe there's a little loophole in there. And ever since then, we've been looking at the loopholes. But if we want that spirit, if we want that freedom that he gives us when we accept Christ, if we want the freedom that he has in store for us, we need to grow that into our soul and our emotion, our mind and our will. We need to grow that into that. And then it'll start affecting the body. Uh, anybody ever had anything happen? Say, uh, there I was, just minding my own business. And then next thing you know, I was just at the bar. And then when I woke up, I was in jail or, you know. <laughs> well, maybe not y'all. Y'all are way too spiritual for that. But stuff happens to me when I'm just minding my own business. I'll be walking down the store at the grocery store, pushing the buggy, and boom, stuff will just, I'll get home and Kim says, this wasn't on your list. I'll say, I know. I just mind my own business, going down the aisle, and all of a sudden, there's the ice cream in there. I had no idea how that got there. And she didn't believe me, believe it or not, she did not believe that. My wife, a million years did not believe that. And so one day we were at the grocery store together. I do not lie. 
And so she's pushing the basket, and we're going down there, and she's got the list. And there was some chewing gum right here. Don't tell her about this part. And so I needed it. And so I picked it up, and I pitched it into the back basket. She said, wow, you weren't lying. Stuff does fly into your basket. <laughs> True story. But if we want stuff in our basket, if we want to fill our life, how do we do that? We've got to, we've got to exercise it like a muscle. Uh, turn with me to Psalms 95. This is our primary text today. See how I said that text today? Believe it or not, I'm not a trained preacher. I know. We're talking about praise today. One of the ways that we, we grow that spirit inside of us is to change the way we're thinking. Like, what's on your mind? Some of us are sitting here and we're thinking, I wonder what, if we're going to get the good seat at the restaurant. I wonder how long Bill's going to talk. Last week, they, he talked for like three days. I know it felt like that. So, everybody there, Psalms 95.1. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. We'll start right there. What does it say to do? It said, come, let us sing to the Lord. We sang. I sang. I heard J.D. singing. Not too bad either. We sing to the Lord. You know, people are really the only creatures in creation that can sing. You know, the other animals, they make what they call songs. But we can make up words for all kinds of things. But we can make up words of praise to our God, to the God that created us. We make melodies way different than any, any birds or any whale songs, any of that, you know, weird stuff. But people are designed to worship. There's some question as to whether the angels actually sing. You know, we sing, hark the herald angels sing. It actually doesn't say that. It says, and they say, praise to God in the highest. If you read it in the scriptures. But we, you know, we sing. I got the song in my head, we sing because we're happy. But we sing because we have been redeemed. Something has been done for us by God that he doesn't do to any other creature in creation. He has redeemed us. He, he gives us the freedom to come to him and have a relationship with him. And some people say, well, why does God need all this praise? Is he so needy that you have to suck up to him, so to speak? Y'all God doesn't need it. He, know, he knows who he is. We need to praise him because we need to hear it and we need to say it. We need to feel it. We need to experience it. I like, I like lyrics of songs and I like, I like songs that move me. I like songs that, that speak to my experiences, to the things I felt, the things I've, you know, I've been brought through. I like songs of praise. I like songs of surrender. I like songs of battle. I like songs of victory. Man, those are all about Jesus. All that stuff. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise. Some of y'all, you don't feel 
You don't feel the connection that God has for you because you're not singing. If you can't sing, say it. Psalms 22, I think, 3, somebody can correct me. It's in 22, and it's paraphrased. But God inhabits the praises of his people. When we sing, he joins with us. That's why if you're, if you're saved and you know it and you love God and, and one of these songs touches your heart, you know, you feel it. You feel it. You get this, this quickening in, in your gut and your stomach. And if you're not saved, I can tell you what you feel because you feel like running. You get two choices. It's binary. You either stay in praise or you run or try to run. Stay in praise today, y'all. Stay in praise. Uh, verse 3, because the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. What does that mean, above all gods? Oh, the Bible's saying there's more gods. That's all these atheist-type folks. But it's true, though. And we're as bad as, Christians are about as guilty of, as anybody of having multiple gods. So what's on your mind? What are you thinking? That's, that's the topic of our deal. Some of us had a good week. Some of us had a bad week. What are you thinking about? I got to put my car in the shop. It's going to cost money. I got to take off work for this. I got to do that. I, you know, somebody's sick. Somebody's, there's always something happening. There's always something breaking. Um, there's always something on my mind besides Jesus. I mean, I can't think about Jesus 24-7. Can you? I'm way not that spiritual. But I probably should. I should at least make an effort. If my mind gets into uh, this trap of, oh, why does this always happen to me? I'll tell you what always happens to me. This has happened especially when we were young and married and had little kids. We would come into some cash. Anybody ever come into some cash? Unexpected money. Come on, somebody. What do you do with unexpected cash that's not in the budget? You buy something that you don't need, right? Now, here's the rule. If you have unexpected cash and you buy something you don't need, guess what happens? Something breaks. And not something cheap. It's usually a washer or a dryer or a car. And then we say, why does this always happen to me? That might be a true thing. Because <laughs> it seems like every time we had extra cash, boom, something broke. Life happens to all of us all the time. And when we get the extra cash, instead of saying, Jesus, thank you so much for the extra cash, what should we do with it? That's a dumb question. Why would I ask Jesus what to do with that money? That's my money. They gave me that money. I, why would I thank Jesus for that money? Uncle Fred died. He gave me that money. I don't have an Uncle Fred, and he didn't die, so don't be sad. Don't be sad. But when we, when we receive a blessing, you know, we should, we should recognize where it comes from. We should say, thank you, Jesus. If you get an unexpected gift or money from, from whoever it came from, you say, thank you. Christmas time. Anybody like to give gifts at Christmas time? Who likes to receive gifts? Just, just me and about four others. We need to educate these old people on what we need. 
Anybody ever get a gift and you didn't get them something? Stinks, doesn't it? Because especially if you're like my wife, used to be, I've got her trained now. Oh, now I've got to get them something. That's why she's way over there. I'm up here. I can run for that door. Now I've got to get them something. But you know, that's not necessary. If somebody gives you a gift, why do you give a gift? Because you want to make somebody happy. I don't give gifts to get something back. And so the proper response when somebody gives you a gift is to say thank you. Period. Let your thank you be thank you. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. We as human beings like to project. Well, I asked them if they would go do fill in the blank, and they said no. And we, we like expect, no, I'd really like to, but you know, they, they want to hear the excuse or the reason why. We get upset if somebody just says no. We get a little upset if somebody just says yes. We want to hear, yes, I'd be delighted to. Yes, I would love to. Yes, that would make me the happiest person on the planet to take care of your kids. Amen. Not supposed to tell lies in church. For the Lord is a great God and a great king of all God, above all gods. We make stuff our gods. We make the things. If you want to know what your God is, what are you thinking about? What's on your mind? At any given time, what are you thinking about? Where are you spending your money? And where are you spending your time? Put those three things together, and that's where your God is most of the time. Now, none of us can be all in all the time with Jesus, though it would be nice. To, to my best knowledge, only two guys in the Bible, not counting Jesus, because he was, he was a son of God, he had a leg up, but Enoch and Elisha, God liked them so much because they, they were so all in. He just took them. He said, skip the death part. I'm taking you up with me. But the rest of us, we have issues because we forget that it's not all about me and it's all about Jesus. We just think it's all about me. I hate to tell you all this. Bad stuff happens. It's not about you. Somebody says something ugly to you. It's not about you. Somebody insults Whatever, it's not about you. You overhear a piece of a conversation. Of course it's about you. No, it's not about you. Uh, we get mad at people, brothers and sisters. We get mad at our regular family. We get mad at people here. When we hear just like a little piece of a conversation, and because it's always all about me, you know, of course they're talking about me, and that wasn't nice, and... And probably what they said before that was even worse than what they said then. And then what followed after that was probably even worse than that. Man, I'm just not going to be their friend anymore. And I'm going to tell everybody what a rotten person they are. And so many times we don't know. And then the poor guy that said the little bit of sentence that somebody took totally wrong. He's got somebody mad at him and, and all their friends has no clue why. This is why in, in Matthew it says, if you've got a problem with your brother, go tell him. If you have a problem with somebody in the church, if you have a problem with somebody in your family, 
You go tell them. I got a countdown. Uh, Y'all, if we want to be brothers and sisters, if we want the love of Christ to show outside these walls, we've got to show the love of Christ inside these walls. Getting off topic, but it is so important that we love each other. It says in the Bible, it says, they will know you by your love. That's the love we have for one another. So if we have somebody with a resentment, somebody over there, somebody over here, somebody over there, somebody back there, if you're resentful of somebody, what is so difficult about going up to them and say, hey, you said this, I heard you say this, and it hurt me this way. What do you think the response is to that? Nobody in here wants to hurt somebody else's feelings. If you heard that, I'm sorry, I did not mean it that way. Or if I said that, it's one of two things. It's either misheard, it's true, or it's false. That's your three choices when you hear something. You either didn't hear it right, it's a true thing, or it's not true. So what do you do with the misheard thing? You, you say, you know, I, I did not hear, you know, this is what I heard. And they say, no, this is what I said. We all good on that one? We all good on that one? And then somebody says something that's just a bold-faced lie. Do we go around telling all friends, oh, Al, he's telling lies on me. He wouldn't do That's why I picked on Al. Ryan would, but Al wouldn't. <laughs> so what do you do? You, you, we'll get our friends together and say, well, he's telling this and we're going to tell that. And you get a little war going on. But if he's telling a lie me, what I should do is I should go to Al and say, Al, they're saying that you said this about me. Is that true? So it's up to him now to either break, you know, break down and be honest or to lie again. And in the body of Christ, in the church, if he lies again, then you take it to the elders and say, you know, I've confronted him. I've said, you know, you told these things that were not true. And then we take it from there. But you go to your brother first. Or sisters, go to your sisters. Whoever does the thing. Now, if Al said something about Bill and it's a true thing, that might be something in my character I need to fix. Just because I don't like something about my character and he points it out doesn't mean it's not true. The truth can hurt, y'all. Anybody ever been hurt by the truth? Stings a little at first. That's why last week I came up here and I told you in broad strokes my past. Wasn't pretty, but it's, it's, it is what it was. But the thing about it, it wasn't about me. It was about what Jesus did in my life. And that's why I sing these praise songs. That's why my songs are of surrender. I've got 40-something songs on my, on my phone. Three hours and 40 minutes of songs that mean something to me personally. About surrender about thanksgiving for the surrender, about the power of God, about the broken chains and stuff. And then I like the ones about battle too. And when I fight, I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. The battle belongs to the Lord. I love that kind of stuff. I love it because I feel it. I love it. You know, we, we feel things, you know, when music moves us, it just does. And it can... And then, and then the lyrics, when they, when they really mean something to you, 
And we sing these praise songs. We should feel it from the tips of our toes out to the tops of our fingers. Some of these songs have instructions to them. With my hands lifted high, I will worship and sing. Some of us don't come from a hand-waving church. I didn't. I'll tell you a story about that. 30-something years ago, young married Baptist then. I'm a recovered Baptist now, so I can say this. We went to a Mark Lowry concert. I did not know he was a Christian. I just thought we were going to a concert. And so we're there, and there's some people in front of us. You know, it's the Coliseum or Civic Center, someplace like where the seats are staggered. And they were singing songs. They were praising. People in front of me stood up like this. I could not see the band. (laughs) How dare they? Don't they know who I think I am? Some of y'all get that in a minute. Because it's all about me. And I didn't understand then what I understand now is that they couldn't help it. When, you're in so, when God has done so much for you that you can't help but praise him, that you can't help sing to the song and make the joyful noises, when it's time for your hands to go up, they're just going to go up and there's not a darn thing you can do about it. And we can keep the lights down low and nobody can see. And you can, you can start out, you know, if you're a real Baptist or something, put your hands in your pockets and you can... If you start doing that during praise and worship and you're, you're not a hand raiser, it's getting you. And then watch out for the next step. That's the one that's, you know, hold my baby. <laughs> and then it goes on from there, you know, turning the light bulbs, turning the light bulbs. One or two-handed. Then there's the YMCA, touchdown. They got all that stuff. I didn't name those. It was the Baptists that did that. And they were itemizing the things we don't do in church. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are also his. The sea is his and he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. This is about prayer. When we kneel and bow down, that's about prayer. This is a prayer time. We start out singing and we move to prayer. We move to worship. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Sheep need a shepherd, y'all. If, if the sheep don't have a shepherd, what do they do? They just go wherever the heck they want to, and then wolves eat them. I don't get that. I don't know why that was funny. Somebody make a note and tell me later. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. I like this particular psalm for a couple of reasons. Uh, he's talking about when Moses and, and the Israelites had fled Egypt. They had, you know, they'd already had the plagues and everything. They'd already gone. And they'd, they'd gone through the Red Sea with the Egyptian army right behind them. And, and I, just for grins yesterday, I turned on the Prince of Egypt, and I fast forward to the end. And I'd never seen it before, but I was reminded of something when my kids were teenagers. When they get to the part where Moses raises up his staff and, and bam, hits it on the ground and the sea just parts. And it's a pretty exciting time, and it's got the music in it. Oh, sorry, camera. Sorry, internet people. Didn't. 
And then the, the, the ocean just rises up. And I remember a line from one, one of my kids, we were like 14 or 15. One of them said, that's my God. Wow, that's my God. He pushed the oceans apart and people walked through on dry ground. That's my God. That's teenagers reminding me that my God can still do that today. Forget these, these gods that we have that are our money, our car, our trouble, you know, our jobs. This is a God that's real. This is a God that creates things. This is a God that heals. This is a God that brings somebody, you know, from, from the depths of whatever to stand up here, not wearing camo. In verse 1 of this passage, O come, let us sing joy to the Lord. Let's make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. After Moses goes through the promised land, then the Israelites are hungry. Oh, Moses, we ain't got no food to eat. There's like a jillion of us. We need some food. So here comes the manna. Manna in the morning, quail at night. Oh, Moses, now we're thirsty. Man, these people just will not give up. So you're talking about the rock of our salvation. It's when Moses went to the rock and, and struck it and water came from the rock. This was the original rock of our salvation when he gave the, the water to the Israelites. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. When we sing these praise songs, something moves in us. And we have a choice right then. We can enter into that praise. We can go, we can go all in with the praise. You know, if you feel like dancing, sneak over to the back where the rest of us don't see you. Or do it in the front, I don't care. Somebody might, I don't but when we feel, when we feel the Holy Spirit moving in us, when we feel that connection with God, when we feel Him just occupying our whole mind and our, you know, or you should, don't harden your heart. This is what the Israelites did. God had shown them like super big miracles, man. He, They'd seen him do all the 12 plagues. They'd seen him split the sea, and they walked right through. And then they rained manna, which is supposed to be pretty good tasting. And then they got quail at night. You know, quail aren't easy to come by here in West Texas. They've all died out. Quail's pretty good. And then they get a little thirsty. What's God going to do? We're going to die. Let's go stone Moses because he won't, you know, poor Moses. He's got these people nagging him. Oh, it's horrible. And God is just... Hit the rock, let the water come. Verse 10, he said, For 40 years I loathed that generation that said, They are a people who go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Therefore I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. The rest was the land of Canaan. That's where they were bound for. They were bound for the promised land, Canaan. God made them wander around till that first generation died off. They still had the minds of slaves. We as Christians have been a slave to our fears. We've been a slave to, to the things the world tells us is important. We're slave to our emotions. We're slave to feelings. We're slave to, to everything but God. And it gets us absolutely nowhere but misery. If we go all in with Jesus... And it is not a simple thing to do. It really is simple. We just won't do it. I don't. I mean, I try, and I'm good for a few minutes at a time. Bless God, I keep coming back. And bless God, he keeps taking me. Who would do that? 
except a grateful, loving God. I got to keep coming back. And so what I've got to do is I've got, where's my pie chart, Pat? It's my first graphic. I'm really proud of it. (laughs) Really? I'm not a high-tech redneck. I'm a low-tech redneck. So if I want, like the Apostle Paul, remember he said, I do the things I don't want to do, and I don't do the things I want to do. You know why he said that? Because it's true. Because even though he, and he had Jesus big time in him. He had the Holy Spirit like as big as anybody ever. He wrote most of the New Testament, in case you didn't know, heathens. Uh, (laughs) Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. So if we want this spirit to get up into our soul and our mind and our thinking and our will, we got to feed that. So what do we feed that? We feed that these praise songs and that builds relationship with God. We recognize God for who he is, not because he needs it, because I need it. When I pray out loud, I pray out loud, not because God needs to hear my voice, because I need to hear my voice when I pray out loud. Because the spoken word means things. The spoken word has power. I set things into motion in the heavenly realms when I pray out loud. And so when I grow that, that spirit starts invading my thinking. And then when there's something that I'm not supposed to be looking at, maybe I turn my head and and don't look. Maybe when there's something somebody's trying to tell me that, that I know in my heart is not something I should hear, maybe I should not listen to that. We should listen to the song that we tell our kids, you know, be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. If it's good enough for our kids, shouldn't it be good enough for us? Come on. How many of y'all know that the body does what it wants to do? My body has a mind of its own. If I'm on a diet and there's ice cream in the house, bless me. Especially, even ice cream I don't like is in danger. Oh, Lord, hit me. How do do we get past this? Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. I got Marky in my new Bible. It's my first marks. I just wanted to share that with you. They say that's a good thing to say to people that you share. You know, they don't want me to tell you stuff. So I'm sharing. Everybody at Philippians 4. So that was the Old Testament. That was the Psalms where they talk about, you know, Blessing God, praising God, and praying to God. And in Philippians chapter 4, starting at verse 4, rejoice in the Lord. Very good. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be what for anything? Don't be anxious. What does that mean? Worried? Somebody? If you're worried about something, are you trusting God with it? Something to think about. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with what? Thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And the what of God? Peace. Not the world's peace. Not the peace after a big dinner, you know, where you take the nap. It's God's peace. God's peace is where the world is falling apart like it is all the time. And we know it's going to be okay because God is sovereign. God is in control. I give God control of my life and then pray for the rest. 
And I know God has a plan. I've got his peace that I'm right exactly where I'm supposed to be right this minute. See, when, when we're in a relationship with God, we need to be with him now. When we're sitting in this place, I don't need to have my brain looking at the menu at Don Luis thinking, am I going to get the fajitas or the street tacos? My mind should be on, on this word here. Don't be anxious about anything. I'll get you out of here before the Baptists get there. Don't be anxious about anything. Stuff is going to happen. Young people, you have no idea stuff is going to happen. But God has got this under control. I want to tell a story that tells how old I am. I'm not a licensed preacher. I can say that in church. Uh, in the early, mid-70s, and we may have been married then or maybe just before, but it was just on the tail end of the Vietnam War, and we were kind of in between wars, but the world was in terrible shape then. And I was talking to an older Christian gentleman at the bank where I worked, and I said, man, I just don't know about getting married and bringing children into this world. I said, with all this going on, that going on, I can't remember all the current events at the time, but they were... Uh, they were pretty horrible back then. You know, National Guard was shooting students on college campuses during the Vietnam War. You think it's bad now? You know, Americans shooting Americans on college campuses. And he said, he said, Bill, if you don't, if, if that's your attitude, you'll never have children. You can't wait till the time is right. The time is right when God says the time is right. So marry, make a family, be a productive member of society. Share Jesus. Some of us, we don't, we say, oh, I can't share Jesus because I can't read this, I can't tell you what this book says, chapter and verse. I can't, you know, I know John three sixteen or something, but you know what? You can share Jesus by living your life. Share Jesus, use words if necessary. Your life should reflect your belief. My life should reflect my belief. And sometimes it has, sometimes it doesn't. Y'all are way too spiritual for that. So I'm, I'm going to move on because I know preaching to the choir. Verse 6, do not be anxious about anything. Peace of God. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Guard your hearts and your what? With prayer and something, guard your hearts and your minds. So when I said all of a sudden stuff just flying in my car, all of a sudden, you know, there I was, my own business. Now, this isn't me. This is friends of mine, of course. I'd tell you if I'd been in jail. All of a sudden, you know, I woke up and there I was in jail. That's a direct imitation of a friend of mine. <laughs> he said, I decided this wasn't the way I won't live anymore. Great guy. But everything we do starts in between here. The most dangerous real estate on the planet is between my ears. And probably between yours too. Because before any action is ever made by hands or feet, it starts out in here. It may have come in through the ear a little bit, but it starts in here. Boys are particularly bad about it. Hey, you know what? That'd be a good idea. You know what would be fun? It's boy talk right there. I still have a touch of that in me. And that's why when I go places, I have adventures because nothing's planned. So how do we, where my pie? 
Where am I, pie? So if we want this to grow, he tells us how to, how to fill up this part in between our ears. Because so, I could hear you asking, Bill, what do we do up in here? See, you were asking, weren't you, John? What do I put in here? So verse 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true. What a concept. Fill my mind with truth? That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Whatever is honorable. Wow. Whatever is just. Whatever is pure. Whatever is lovely. Whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What a concept. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Let's stop the stinking thinking and do more thinking and think of these things that, that build us up as an individual, build us up as brothers and sisters. Because when we get this thing right between me and God, then it's right between me and her. And when it's right between me and her, it's right between us and our kids and our grandkids. And when it's right with them, then when it's right in my family, then it's right between me and you and me and you and me and you. Paul too. And, and then that's, that's, how we, that's how we show God's love. And when we sing, we should sing so loud that the people driving down Buffalo Gap Road go, is there something wrong with the car? That's how loud we should sing from in here. Man, we need, when we praise this God of ours, this God that splits the seas, this God that sent his only son to die a bloody, horrible, tortured death just so that that we can receive the power from that empty tomb just so that we could be heirs with him. When, when he died, when we took this Jesus into our spirit, he changes our DNA. We're not only adopted as, as sons and daughters. That's in Romans 8. We're not only adopted, he starts changing our DNA when we start praising, when we start singing. So we're gonna go into a time of prayer now and a time of worship We've got people that are going to come down here to the front. I want to come down here to the front too. And if you need prayer for anything, if you need to let something go that God's dealing with you, we've got people that will pray with you. We'll have somebody here and I'll be right there. and We'll have somebody there. And if you're shy, we'll have a couple of people at the back. And it's okay. And if you want to just pray at your seat, fine. If you see somebody across the church that you feel like you need to go pray with or you would like for them to pray with you, you feel free to go sit with that person and ask them to pray with you because it's, it's not about me. It's not about Kim. It's not about, they call these the worship team, the worship leaders. They're lead worshipers. They lead us in the worship, but they show us how. And it shows. So as they play, y'all stand up. Stand up. Bow your heads while this song's singing. Get into, get into this. Sing like nobody's listening. Worship like nobody's looking. Because nobody cares but God. Y'all come.